Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of the Round Ball Ramble Podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Forge. Follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. This is a Sports Ethos presentation, so check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos Online, SportsEthos.com. Today is Tuesday. The 2nd of January of the new year, 2024. And again, I just want to wish you and yours, thank you for listening, wherever you may be. Appreciate the support. And hopefully, we know, we start the new year right and just have a great upcoming season. Um, and, and all the productivity that comes with that. But on Round Ball Ramble, you know what we do. We ramble about the round ball. So let's get into it. We are discussing the games from the night before. Uh, we had, I'd say, a pretty... Would succinct be the word? Mm, pretty compact schedule. There you go. I think that is probably better. Eight games um, last night. So we're going to start with the blots first and get our way down to the more interesting games. Um, let's start with the Houston Rockets against the Detroit Pistons, where you had a meeting of the Twins. That's right. Amen Thompson and Asura Thompson played each other for the first time in their career. Um, but as it turned out, I mean, if we look at individual matchups, Amen Thompson... In just about twenty, just about thirty minutes off off the bench, uh, finished with twelve points, four rebounds, and six assists, five of six from the field, made his one three, one of one from the free throw line, a near perfect game, a plus ten for him. Whereas Asura Thompson, who played just under twenty five minutes per game, finished with five points, four rebounds, and two assists, uh, he was two of four from the field, one of two from the free throw line. That's the highlights of it. Um, aside from that, the Detroit Pistons lost to the Houston Rockets to start the new year off at three and thirty. The Rockets were led by one Alperin Shingun, who finished with 26 points, four rebounds, nine assists, nine of 13 from the field, including a crazy um, and one over James Wiseman. That was just kind of cool looking. Um, but really, the Pistons had no one that could guard Shingun. Um, it didn't help that he got help. Uh, 22 points from Jalen Green on six of 12 shooting, five of nine from three, five rebounds, and an assist. It feels like he definitely found his stride. Uh, since basically, basically last week of December. Then you had 16 points from Jay Sean Tate and 15 points from Fred Van Vliet. And off the bench, 17 points for Tari Eason on 8 of 15 shooting. For the Pistons, like I said, not a whole lot that was super great. Um, Jay Not, um, Alec Burks actually led all scores with 21 points off the bench, 6 of 11 shooting, 3 of 6 from 3, 6 of 6 from the free throw line. You had 19 points from Jaden Ivey on 6 of 10 shooting, 3 of 4 from 3. That was good to see. Um, aside from that, 14 points for Bojan Bogdanovic, 12 points for Jalen Duran, along with 14 rebounds. Love the double-double machine that he is. And then Kevin Knox with 11. Uh, Cade Cunningham had six points, did not shoot well, and it wasn't for lack of trying. He was 3 of 16 from the field, missed every one of the five three-pointers he took. Uh, but he had 10 assists. So 10 assists, great, but he probably wants that game back for sure. Another game I'm going to roll through real quick. The Phoenix Suns. Push past the Portland Trailblazers 109 to 88. This is a game that did not have the whole big three for the Suns. You did have Devin Booker, you did have Bradley Bill, you did not have Kevin Durant, who was out with a hamstring injury. But turned out all you needed really was Bradley Bill and some help. Bradley Bill led all Phoenix Sun scores with 21 points on 8 of 16 shooting, uh, four rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. Looked pretty much like Bradley Bill looks. Um, some nice jump shots, some good mid rangers, knocked down a three. Um, you had 18 points from Yusef Nurkic, who's been really solid in the month of December going into January. 18.7 rebounds, 5 assists for the big man there. 
Uh, Chimezi Metu had 14 points and five boards. Grayson Allen had 12 points. And then off the bench, Eric Gordon gave you 12 points, as well as Bull Bull, who played just under 20 minutes and finished with 11 points, nine rebounds, and shot 66% from the field. I didn't forget to mention Devin Booker. He just did not have a game to remember. Uh, 10 points, eight rebounds, six assists looks good. Uh, did not shoot well from the field. And again, it wasn't for a lack of trying. Just four of 16. He started one of 10 from the field, one of four from three. Just didn't have his shot going. But guess what? The Suns, they were okay. They didn't actually need him last night. Just a balanced team effort and good to see Bradley Beal back and healthy. And then, of course, you hope that they have Kevin Durant back and healthy for their next game against Los Angeles Clippers, which should be a fun one even if he's not, but would definitely be a fun one if he is available. For the Blazers, excuse me, I don't know what I was about to say there. The Portland Thunder? No idea what I was about to say. For the Blazers, Scoot Henderson led all Blazers in scoring. 17 points, 6 assists, pretty, I would say, decently efficient. It wasn't super efficient, 7-18 uh, for high volume for a bad Blazers team, I'll say that's efficient. It really wasn't. It was 38%, but, you know, um, 2 of 4 from the free throw line. You had 15 points from Jeremy Grant on 6 of 12 shooting. That's probably more efficient. But he didn't give you much else. One rebound, three assists. 10 points from Malcolm Brogdon on 3 of 8 shooting, 2 of 4 from the field, five assists as well. And then just a smattering of points off the bench. Jabari Walker, he had 10. You had 6 from Chris Murray, 6 from Shaden Sharp, 7 from Skylar Mays, 8 from Ish Rainwright. You just didn't really get a whole lot. And this was for a Blazers team that really couldn't find the bucket on a consistent basis. They shot just 41% from the field, just 26% from three. And even the free throw line wasn't a given where they finished 73% from there. So, I mean, you had a good team in Phoenix, a bad team in Portland, and you got what you got. Um... If you're Portland, if you are turning the ball over 16% of the time and have an effective field goal percentage of 46% with an offensive rating of 89, that is not going to get you a victory most of the time. And it did not for them last night. All right. Moving right along to another game. Denver Nuggets rolled past the Charlotte Hornets 111-93. to If this was actually a competitive game to start, I love the fight that Charlotte's come out with. And I got to say, they've do not have a good record. Charlotte is, for the record, 7-24. But a lot of their games, they have definitely been fighting and scrapping and clawing. They've just been shorthanded with injury, and that's been the biggest thing for them. In this game, I would say, was no exception. You didn't have LaMelo Ball. You didn't have Mark Williams. Uh, the guys who did play did perform admirably. Um... You know, I think the Hornets were led by Miles Bridges. He had 26 points on 10 of 14 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. But every starter for Charlotte finished in double digits. Uh, Brandon Miller and Nick Richards finished with 15 points. Uh, Nick Richards threw in 8 rebounds. Brandon Miller added 5, although Brandon Miller did not shoot the ball well from the field. Just 5 of 17, that is 29%, folks, and 3 of 9 from 3. Nick Richards did shoot the ball better, 7 of 12, but come on, he finished around the rim. Um, and then Ish Smith, who got the start, 29 minutes, 5 of 12 from the field, 4 assists, 10 points for him, and Bryson McGowan, who have loved the flashes of play that he's given this past month and a half, 10 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 8 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3. The Hornets basically got nothing from the bench. Um, PJ Washington in 26 minutes finished with 6 points and 6 boards, Cody Martin in 25 minutes finished with 2 points and 6 assists, Nick Smith Jr. played just under 20 minutes, 5 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists. Um, Nathan Mesa finished with two points and four rebounds and 13 minutes of action. And that was about all folks. 
not a whole lot there for the Hornets. Uh, first half, they were right there in it, but the third quarter, the Nuggets rode a 40-point third quarter to really blow the game wide open. And even though the Hornets outscored the Nuggets in the fourth quarter, the damage had already been more than done. Uh, speaking of said Nuggets, one player who returned, um, Aaron Gordon from injury. Uh, I remember after Christmas Day, um, he was bitten by a dog and had to get 21 stitches across his face and shooting him. He came back, looked good, played well. 10 points on 4 of 5 shooting, made his only 3, so the shooting hand looked fine. 1 of 2 from the free throw line, 2 rebounds for Gordon. But the Nuggets were led by 25 points from Jamal Murray, who finished 7 of 16 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3, 6 of 7 from the free throw line, 7 assists as well. You had Michael Porter Jr. with 22 points on 8 of 17. You had a near triple-double as you always seem to get from Nikola Jokic 13 points 11 rebounds six assists on six of seven shooting and then off the bench Reggie Jackson big government helped the Nuggets with 15 points four rebounds and four assists in 17 minutes action Zeke Naji uh played 20 minutes and got some cardio in didn't do a whole lot <laughs> not gonna say he did um and then Christian Brown was your second most productive player for the Nuggets nine points four rebounds two assists Three of six from the field, one of three from three, and two of three from the free throw line. So good play for the Nuggets there. And you know what? They came with the necessary energy. Got to say they did. At home, they're now 24 and 11. They came with the juice. It powered them through that third quarter. They were on some extra stuff. In fact, you could say that they were on a little thing called Magic Mind. What is Magic Mind? The sponsor of today's show. Let me tell you a little bit about it. Listen, y'all, the new year is here. Are y'all ready? Do y'all have the energy y'all need with all the things y'all want to do? Come on now. New Year's resolutions are a big deal. We know this. Everyone makes them, and yeah, maybe they're made to be broken, but right now, anything is possible, to quote the great Kevin Garnett. And listen, productivity is a thing that most struggle with. Every time we go into a day, we desperately want to do more, to be more efficient, you know, to make the most of our day. And that is why I need to tell you about Magic Mind, which is this little elixir that has really helped me to stop procrastinating and put that little pep in my step in the mornings. And let me tell you, it's a short shot, not a whole lot. I found that it improves my morning so much, I can take it with me anywhere I go. And when I drink it, I get a quick energy boost. I don't need coffee, which is great because anyone who loves me and knows me knows that coffee makes me obnoxiously hyper. Like, not even hyper and we're good, like all over the place don't want to be around me and that's not something that i want i'm a people person i like to be around people well guess what magic mind helps me to do that and still get the energy i need instead of reaching for a second third or fourth cup of coffee to keep up my energy levels which i've occasionally done i don't normally need to do that but sometimes i do i do multiple podcasts all different shows you know work full time try to have a family life outside of this like there's a lot going on instead of having to do any of that i get my little shot in the morning and I'm good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, they help me so much, give me the right state of mind. I used to drink them in my car on the way to work, or I'll do it like I did this morning right before I record, just to get the extra boost to take me over the top. And what I love about it is, one, in addition to replacing my coffee, it reduces my need for additional caffeine. Because when I wasn't drinking coffee, I would drink soda, which I know isn't healthy, but the shot of caffeine I get from that, the buzz, the the bubbles, whatever you want to call it, would really help me out. And I don't need that now. And I'm able to get the same benefits I was drinking it for in the first place with Magic Mind. In addition to that, it allows me to sleep better. It's not heavy on caffeine, so I can take it in the afternoon. I don't have to worry about falling, you know, not being able to fall asleep at night. Um, I could drink in the afternoon and know that, you know, in five hours' time when I go to rest my head, I'm not going to be wired and, and, and up until, you know, two, three in the morning. I'll be able to fall asleep and get some good rest, and that is important to me. And also, I mean, it helps me to remember things, um, and that's thanks to uh, 
ingredient they have called Bacopa Maneri, which is an ingredient that boosts what's called your working memory. My memory sucks, y'all. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's something I'm definitely working on improving. I'm trying to, you know, refer more to my calendar to write things down more. But taking this shot has not only helped me with my energy, but also helped me with recalling things, which I think is a really good addition. Um, the ingredients on it are all natural. They work really well. They combine to give you many benefits that will help you in your day-to-day. But one benefit I love is matcha. Um, if you love your matcha green tea, you know, your smoothies, you know what it is. But the health benefits of it is it contains way less caffeine than coffee. And it also contains additional compounds that extend the benefits of caffeine by slowing your body's ability to absorb it all. And they also have an additional compound that helps you to reduce stress. And so these work together to prevent the spike in cortisol levels and the inevitable crash that comes from ingesting too much caffeine. Um, if you think about it, matcha is basically nature's extended release version of caffeine. And it's good. Listen, I love extended release movies. Give me all the details. Give me all the deets on that. And with matcha, I get all the deets on the medical benefits that help me in terms of reducing my stress level, upping my productivity, and upping my energy level. You gotta love it. So, I recommend it. Listen, I stand behind it. It works for me. It helps me. And if you're someone who struggles with, you know, getting tired throughout the day, not being able to stay as focused as you would like, having a lot of work to do and just not the energy to get it done, you're going to want to check out Magic Mind. I'm telling you. I shared it with my family. My moms loved it. Um, My family's had a great time with it, the ones I've shared it with. And so I encourage you to try it out as well. It is a total game changer. And listen, I'm about to give you some help in doing so. Guess how? Starting this year. 2024, if you go to Sprouts Farmer's Market store, you can find it anywhere you go. Yep, across the country. Sprouts Farmer's Market, check it out. Grab a few bottles and try it there. But you can also try it here with me because I have a code for you. Get on to www.magicmind.com slash dailynba20. And you can get up to 56% off your first subscription or 20% off your first one-time purchase. Again, go to magicmind.com slash dailynba and you get a subscription with up to 50% off with my code dailynba20. So I just say go to Sprouts, grab a bottle, see how you feel about it. Then go to magicmind.com slash dailynba, tell them Corbin sent you. Okay, they're not going to know, but just tell them. And get that 50% off a subscription and you can thank me later because it's really going to help you out. One more time, y'all. Magic Mind. It's game changer. Up it up. Let's go. All right. Let's get back to the action. We had OG and Anobi in his new home um, with the New York Knicks as well as Precious to Chew and Malachi Flynn. Gotta, gotta, gotta let them know as well. Um, as they played the best team in the West the Minnesota Timberwolves at home at MSG to bring in the new year. And the New York Knicks prevailed, winning 112-106 to behind a monster game from Julius Randle, who finished with 39 points on 14 of 24 shooting, 2 of 6 from 3, 9 of 13 from the line, and 9 rebounds as well. He did not get an assist because guess what? The brother was not looking to score. <laughs> that was not what was on his mind. But he did pile on the points and was just a menace around the basket, constantly finishing around the interior, constantly getting and ones, just racking up the points. Um, And that helped because you did not have a great game from Jalen Brunson. He had 16 points and 14 assists, and those assists led the Knicks and were really good, but that made up for, sort of, a horrible shooting game where he finished 5 of 23 from the field, 1 of 9 from 3. Did make all five of his free throws, so that was good. Um, Dante DiVincenzo played well, 15 points in 25 minutes, four rebounds, two assists. Gotta love his activity at a steal, a block, gets around like he does. But let's talk about the new addition, OG Nanobi. He played heavy minutes, 21st half minutes, with the first time he's done it, I think, this season. 
Um, Coach Tibbs definitely going to ride the guy. Uh, but in 35 minutes, he finished with 17 points, 6 rebounds, 7 of 12 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3. Really productive night from him. He had a nice slam. He had a couple of good corner shots. Uh, loved the way that he was able to fit immediately. And again, we thought this would be a factor for him with the Knicks as a guy who is really a good, you know, slot and play player. This is what he does. Um, and he gave a great boost, I think, guarding everyone from, you know, Anthony Edwards to Carl Anthony Towns. Again, that defensive versatility, if you listen to Monday's show, I was joined by Josh Earl and Garrett Bougain. and we talked about the OG and OB trade from all angles. What it meant for the Knicks, what it meant for the Rockets, their present move, their future move. Definitely go back and check that out. But in doing so, we said OG and is going to immediately fit in with this Knicks team that we both all think are going to make additional moves. But as of right now, yeah, gave in good minutes. Great perimeter defender. Hope he got his cardio in. He looks like he's a very well-conditioned athlete. Guess what? Coach Tom Thibodeau is going to put that to the test. So we'll see. Off the bench, literally not a whole lot going on for the Knicks. Just 18 points um, between two players, Quentin Grimes and Josh Hart. Quinn Grimes, in just under 19 minutes of the action, had 10 points and 3 rebounds. Josh Hart, in 28 minutes of action, had 8 points, 11 rebounds, 2 assists. And that was it. They did not run a very deep bench. Preston Chua got 9 minutes of action and had 3 rebounds for his time. Miles McBride got 7 minutes and did nothing but turn over the ball once. And Taj Gibson got in for 17, sec- second, 17 excuse me, seconds of action. So, good for him. Um, for the Timberwolves, who started off really strong, um, then they went down really hard, and then they climbed back and made a game of it. Anthony Edwards led the way. 35 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 11-21 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3. You had 29 points from Carlton Towns, uh, who finished 10-18 from the field, 3-5 of five from 3. Those two players really, you know, sparked the furious comeback that the Timberwolves put on in that third and fourth quarter to really make a game of it um in that fourth quarter really trying to get back in but it wasn't enough and that's because those two and one of the player rudy gobert who had 10 points on three eight shooting were the only players in double digits for the timberwolves that was it you had eight points from Jaden mcdaniel on two of eight shooting you have five points from mike conley two of six shooting you had five points from Nas reed two of six shooting you had nine from Jordan McLaughlin on four or five. After that, you had three points from Nikhil Alexander-Walker on one of three. And then Kyle Anderson came. He saw. He took a shot. He made it. He was done. Okay, I'm just kidding. But he had two points, two rebounds, and three assists in 17 minutes of action. There was just not enough help from the other Timberwolves to really give Edwards and Town some relief. You know, they shot the ball decently, I guess. 47% from the field, 39% from three. But you need more than just what you got from those guys. And ultimately, they did not get enough. And that was a big reason why the Timberwolves went down in this one. But guess what? They're still a very good team. Um, A lot of people were giving thoughts on what this might look like for them, you know, in the postseason because their inability to defend in the interior and, and not in the interior, but defend the interior in transition being the big thing. But in my mind, listen, it was a Sunday game. I mean, it was a Monday game, three in the afternoon, you know, during New Year's Eve. Like, I, I don't think, that in the postseason, you'd be playing most of your games during that time. Maybe one during a weekend. But this was a weekday 3 o'clock game. Like, that does have an effect on players. It's a little out of the ordinary. And I think that was a factor. And also, I mean, I doubt that other players aren't going to show up. You know, I mean, Mike Conley can at least reach double digits. I don't think Jamie Daniels is, uh, is a consistent double-digit guy like that, you know, in like the 15 to 20. But he's better than like 4 to 8. So I'm not too worried about that. Uh, Utah blasted past Dallas. 127 to 90 uh last time dallas played utah they beat them by 50 so i think utah was doing their best to return the favor 
Um, the Jazz were led by the triple-double machine himself. I'm just kidding. But they got one from him. Jordan Clarkson, who off the bench, finished with 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists on 8-16 shooting. The first Jazz player to get a triple-double in 16 years since Carlos Boozer. Blast from the past back then. But that was the first one. But good all-around game for him. Uh, a plus 36 before Jordan Clarkson, which was only eclipsed by a plus 37 for Walker Kessler and a plus 38 for Keontae George, all off the bench. For the record, Kessler had 11 points and 10 rebounds, um, where Keontae George had 14 points, 3 rebounds, and 3 assists. For the starters, the Jazz were led in scoring by Simone Fontecchio, who finished with 24 points and 6 rebounds on 10-16 shooting. You also had 17 points from Larry Markinen on 6-12 shooting with 4 rebounds. And 15 points from John Collins on 7-13 from the field. He shot five threes. I liked that. He didn't make a single one. I didn't like that. But guess what? All in all, I'm glad he's at least taking the shot. Colin Sexton played just under 20 minutes. Had eight points on eight shots. Not great. But had six assists, so that was good. Um, but ultimately, it really, I, I, as much as I want to say the Jazz won this game, because they did, the Mavericks just lost it. Um, Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving combined for 12 for 34 and 5 of 16 from 3. This is not great. Um, Kyrie individually didn't play super bad in his first game back after missing the last 10 with that ankle injury. 14 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists for him on 6 of 14 shooting, 2 of 3 from 3. It was Luka's numbers that were a little worse. Um, 19 points and 14 assists along with 6 rebounds is great. 6 of 20 from the field, 3 of 13 from 3 is not great, right? Um, and they didn't really get a whole lot of scoring help outside of those two. Jane Hardy uh, was your next leader in scoring. He had 17 points. He was actually in between Luka and Kyrie uh, with 17 points and three rebounds, 6 of 15 from the field, 5 of 9 from three. Derek Lively had 10 points on 5 of 8 shooting with six rebounds, and that was it for your Mavericks double-digit scores. You had six points apiece from Derek Jones Jr. and Tim Hardaway Jr., um, and then after that, you had four points from Dante Exum, Grant Williams, Dwight Powell, Brandon Williams. You, you get where I'm going with it. Wasn't a lot of scoring from them. The Mavericks shot just 39% from the field, just 27% from three. And they didn't get to the free throw line only 10 times. And they only made five of those 10 free throw attempts. So ultimately, they just were not finding the basket. And that was a big reason why they went down in this game. Raptors, with their new additions of Emmanuel Quickly and R.J. Barrett, came, saw, beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 124-121 to in a home opener for the new additions for the Raptors. Let's start with the Raptors and the new additions first. I thought it was funny that Emmanuel Quickly got the start, wasn't getting a whole lot of minutes for the Knicks, you know, wasn't getting anywhere close to 30, really, and then came to the Raptors in his first game, didn't get close to 30 either. I'm just kidding. He did get close to 30, but he didn't eclipse it. And it wasn't because of any coaching or anything like that. It was because he was battling foul trouble. But in his 28 minutes, a man quickly finished with 14 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 5 of 13 from the field. Not super great, but 2 of 5 from 3, um, which, guess what? You're going to get the threes up. The Raptors need your outside shooting desperately. Thank you, Emmanuel Quickly. RJ Barrett played really well uh in just under 30 minutes of action he had 19 points along with nine rebounds six of 12 from the field pretty efficient for a guy who is maligned for not being efficient one of two from three but those are not the stars of the show for toronto no they were not it was pascal siakam who played 40 big minutes 13 of 20 from the field five of eight from three five of six from the free throw line five rebounds two assists one steal 36 big points for siakam 
Really good play for him. Scotty Barnes came alive late in 35 minutes. He had 20 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 7 of 17 from the field, 1 of 5 from 3, not super great, but all around a decent game for him. And then Jakob Pertl, a double-double in just under 36 minutes. Yeah, the starters were ridden hard, ridden. They were rode hard. 14 points and 11 boards, along with 4 assists for Jakob Pertl. Off the bench, Dennis Schroeder, a plus 12. In just under 30 minutes of action, 12 points, 3 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 of 7 from the field, 1 of 5 from 3, uh, but a pretty good game all around for him. And then Gary Trent Jr., 26 minutes, 9 points, 6 rebounds for him. The bench did not shoot well, the bench being two players, Dennis Schroeder and Gary Trent Jr., who combined for 6 of 17 from the field and 2 of 10 from 3, but they were the only ones who got off the bench and scored. Uh, the Raptors really only played four guys off the bench. It was Schroeder, Trent Jr., Boucher and Thad Young. Boucher played 11 minutes. Thad Young played two. And they did not do anything except grab a rebound in Boucher's case and get some cardio in Thad Young's case. It was really the starters who were given a lot of the action, but they did come and produce for Toronto. For the Cavs, Cleveland was up, led by Karis LeVert off the bench with 31 points, four rebounds, and four assists. Just under 30 minutes of action. 12 of 20 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, knocked down all 5 of his free throws. Then Donovan Mitchell had 26 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 6 of 6 from the free throw line, 4 of 9 from 3, 8 of 21 overall, made some clutch buckets late. Um, solid play for him. Jared Allen and Isaac Okoro tied for, well, Jared Allen, Isaac Okoro, and Sam Merrill tied for 3rd for the Cavs in scoring. Each had 16 points apiece. Um, each was pretty efficient in doing so. Jared Allen, 5 of 11. Isaac Okoro, 5 of 10, although he missed every one of his four three-pointers. And Sam Merrill, 6 of 11, 4 of 8 from 3. But Max Struess and Dean Wade did not give you a whole lot. Struess, 6 points, 6 rebounds on 2 of 7 from the field, both of them being threes. Dean Wade, 1 of 2 from the field for 2 points and 3 rebounds. Just didn't get a whole lot outside of, you know, Lavert Mitchell, and Alan Okoro and Merrill. And it's good that you had guys like Okoro and, and Merrill really step up. They needed that. But it just wasn't enough for a monster game from the Toronto Raptors and a win for the Toronto kid and R.J. Barrett and the new starting point guard in Emmanuel quickly. Milwaukee dominated. And I want to say dominated. Milwaukee had the game against Indiana, I would say, in control for most of it. And then Indiana woke up, came with a 38-point fourth quarter and blasted past the Bucks to win the game 122 to 113 um double double machine Tyrese Halliburton did register a turnover he actually registered two after what two straight games of 2020 point assist games with no turnovers really really um good streak for him that is now broken but he still finished with an efficient game 26 points nine rebounds 11 assists 11 to 22 from the field did not find a three ball going down for him just one of seven from there but 11 assists to one to two turnovers is not bad at all. I will take that assist turnover ratio any day of the week. Miles Turner, 13 points, four rebounds for him. Um, you had four point, you had uh, 25 points off the bench from Benedict Matherin, uh, nine of 15 from the field, only one of five from three, but six and nine from the free throw line. And I keep bringing up the three pointers because one, I look at three pointers as, you know, a, a line of how well they shot that and how many they took to get to their shooting percentages. But I also look at it because for this Pacers team, one of seven from Tyrese Halliburton, one of seven from Aaron Neesmith, one of six from Jalen Smith, one of five from Benedict Matherin, one of three from Obi Toppin, O of four for Buddy Hield, O of one for TJ McConnell, and they still won the game. Why? They piled in the bench, um, the post points, excuse me, piled in the paint points, rather, with 60 plus coming from there. They shot just 14% from three. 
just five of 35 from three. And I'm sure you could have kind of did some mental math and gotten to that number because you're like, well, a lot of shots didn't go in for these guys for the amount of threes they took. But they still won the game because they were able to finish in the paint consistently. And that is a troubling sign for Milwaukee's Bucks defense that gave them countless pain points. Why can't I speak today? I have no idea. Um, speaking of the Bucks, Bucks were led by Giannis Tanakumpo, who had a third straight big game against the Bucks. Um, and this will be one of the second or third times that he's lost said big game. Giannis had 30 points, 18 rebounds, 11 assists, messed around and got a triple-double in 36 minutes of action. You had 21 points from Brook Lopez on 8-17, shooting with 5 rebounds as well. Uh, Damian Lillard, man, it was not game time last night. It was more like lame time. 13 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Looks okay, I guess. But 3 of 16 from the field. That is 18%, folks. 11% from 3, 1 of 9 from 3. He could not buy a bucket. Just did not have the capital to do it. He did not have the capacity. It did not go in for him at all. And I think that down the stretch, that was kind of an issue. Because if you could redistribute those shooting numbers to, I don't know, an efficient Chris Middleton who was 9 of 13 from the field. Or Malik Beasley was 4 of 8 from 3. I think that does better for this Bucks team. At some point, I mean, come on now. 3 of 16 from the field. Yeah, you were never hot. Like, you were cold for the most part. So, I don't know. That's just my thoughts. It is Damian Lillard. I'm not going to judge him on, you know, being great as he's been. But, like... You shouldn't have 16 shots to go, whoa, I am not finding a bucket here. And other guys were very efficient for the Bucks. It wasn't like he had to go and, and take those shots. Uh, for the record, um, both Giannis and Malik Beasley shot 50% from the field. Brooke Lopez shot 47% from the field. And Chris Middleton shot 69% from the field. So those guys really were putting in some work offensively. Off the bench, he did not get a whole lot. So maybe I get that. Bobby Portis had eight points and five rebounds on 4-12 shooting. Cameron Payne. 11 minutes of action, 5 points on 1 of 4 shooting. And Pat Connaughton, 23 minutes of action, 3 points on 1 of 3. If you're counting at home, that is 18 points for 3 people. Andre Jackson Jr. played 5 minutes and got 1 rebound. So he got some cardio. Um, so yeah, the Bucks need to work on that a little bit. I think interior defense is the bigger issue in my mind. But yeah, having some protection from your bench will be helpful. When you have Thonis Antetokounmpo, Marcus Bolden, AJ Green, Chris Livingston, Robin Lopez, and Lyndall Wigginton, just just guaranteed do not plays. Not great, right? And if you're not getting anything from Connaughton, Portis, and Payne, and any permutation or combination of those three, that's not great either. So something to figure out for sure. But the Bucks, I mean, they're still one of the best teams in the East, even without that. So. Not a huge deal for them. All right. Last game to talk about. Los Angeles Clippers beat the Miami Heat 121-104 to in Kawhi Leonard's return after missing the last seven games. Uh, Kawhi Leonard fits with 24 points to lead the Clippers. He looked efficient. Um, the team as a whole, the Clippers have been on a rise over the last 10 games or so. They're now 20-12. and 12. They look great. But let's go back to Kawhi. Uh, 33 minutes, 24 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals, and a block on 10-19 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3. That's pretty good, folks. Um, right behind him was Paul George, 23 points, 3 rebounds, and 2 assists on 7 of 14 shooting. James Harden gave you a double-double, 15 points and 10 assists on 5 of 8 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3. Avicii Zubak gave you 6 points and 12 rebounds. And then Terrence Mann, 12 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists. Every one of them was efficient. The worst shooter from the floor for your starters was Paul George, who shot 50% from the field, and that is nothing to sniff at, right? Off the bench, 22 points from Norman Powell on 9 of 11, shooting 4 of 5 from 3, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. Amir Coffey gave you 5 points, uh, 1 rebound, and 2 assists. And then Russell Westbrook, 8 points, 
four rebounds, three assists for him. Just a really productive game up and down for this Clippers squad who shot 58% from the field, 48% from three, 92% from the free throw line. That is a really good game, y'all. There was no way to slice it other than that. For the Miami Heat, let's just say it wasn't as efficient as the Los Angeles Clippers. The Heat shot just 42% from the field, 32% from three, 79% from the free throw line. They were led by Bam Adebayo, who had 21 points and 15 rebounds along with four assists. He was only 6-17 from the field, though, and 0-2 from three. Um, you had 15 points. Um, or 17 points rather from Kevin Love off the bench in 22 minutes of action on 7 of 11 shooting with 4 rebounds and 3 assists. After that, you had a pair of 15-point games from Duncan Robinson and Jaime Haquez Jr. Uh, both did not shoot the ball super well, uh, but, you know, they got 15 points, you know. Uh, Duncan Robinson, 3 of 8 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3, made all 6 of his free throws. Jaime Haquez, 6 of 13 from the field, uh, didn't make a single 3, 4 rebounds and 2 assists for him. It just wasn't an efficient night for the Heat. Jamal Cain got the start, 9 points in 34 minutes of action, 4 of 12 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3. And then Kyle Lowry in 24 minutes of action, 8 points, 3 assists, 3 of 5 from the field. Just not enough firepower off the Miami Heat squad. Aside from Bam Adebayo and, like I said, you know Kevin Love, Duncan Robinson, and Jaime Hakes, that was it. Your only other double-digit score was Tyler Hero, and he did not do it efficiently. In 35 minutes of action, 4-13 from the field, 4-8 from three, six rebounds, and six assists. They just didn't have the juice, and that's okay. But that is why they lost the game. Uh, waiting, obviously, for the return of Jimmy Butler. I think that will be big for the Heat and hopefully you know, return to form for some of their better scores in terms of efficiency and volume to kind of get back into uh, the winner's column. And for the Clippers, I mean, watch out. There's a big matchup against the Suns coming up this week that I am very excited for, but they are on the rise. They are now fourth in the Western Conference at 20 and 12. And before we leave, let me run through um, the standings and, of course, the games that are being played tonight. So for the number one seed for the East, the Boston Celtics at 26 and 6. Milwaukee Bucks at 24 and 9 are second. At third, the Philadelphia 76ers at 22 and 10. Fourth are the Orlando Magic at 19 and 13 with a big game against the Warriors tonight. Fifth are the Miami Heat at 19 and 14. Right behind them are the Pacers at 18 and 14 and the Cleveland Cavaliers at 18 and 15. After that, you have the New York teams, 18 and 15 New York Knicks, 15 and 18 Brooklyn Nets. Then you have the Chicago Bulls who are 15 and 19, followed by the Atlanta Hawks who are 13 and 19. And then you have the bottom cellar dwellers. Uh, the Toronto Raptors are the one team that is still above water there. They're 13 and 20. Then you have the 7 and 24 Charlotte Hornets, the 6 and 26 Washington Wizards, and the 3 and 30 Detroit Pistons. The lottery squads for sure. Lit for the lottery. Okay, going to the Western Conference, you have the Minnesota Timberwolves who are still holding strong at 24 and 8 for number one in the West, followed closely by the Oklahoma City Thunder who are 22 and 9. Just after that, you have the Denver Nuggets, who are third at 24 and 11. The Los Angeles Clippers at 20 and 12. The Sacramento Kings at fifth. Or, yeah, the Sacramento Kings at fifth at 19 and 12. Followed by the New Orleans Pelicans, 19 and 14. Dallas Mavericks, 19 and 15. Phoenix Suns, 18 and 15. Houston Rockets, 16 and 15. Holding the 10th spot is the Los Angeles Lakers at dead even 500, 17 up and 17 down. Then the Golden State Warriors at 15 and 17. The Utah Jazz at 15 and 19. The Memphis Grizzlies at 10 and 22. And then, of course, you're the 9 and 23 Blazers and your 5 and 27 Spurs. So, yeah, a lot going on there for sure. Um, let's talk about the action that we are looking forward to tonight. So, starting with the early games at 7 Eastern time on NBA TV, 
You have the Chicago Bulls against the Philadelphia 76ers. 76ers will still be out, will be without Joel Embiid. The Chicago Bulls have had a great month of December. Let's see if they can bring in the new year with a continued return to winning form. At 8 o'clock, the San Antonio Spurs will play the Memphis Grizzlies. That'll be a fun one to watch uh, for two teams that are at the bottom. One desperately trying to get to the top. One just trying not to be the worst. Uh, also at 8 o'clock, you have the Brooklyn Nets playing the New Orleans Pelicans. And you have the Boston Celtics playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. That will be a game I am very curious to lock into. At 10 o'clock on NBA TV Eastern Time, of course, the Orlando Magic will be playing the Golden State Warriors. Golden State tend to start the new year right, get out of that 11th spot, and try to get back to the winning column um, after having a pretty bad letdown against the Dallas Mavericks just before the end of 2023. And then to close out the night, a fun game that should be had, the Charlotte Hornets against the Sacramento Kings, and that will be at 10 o'clock on League Pass. So NBA TV has your local doubleheaders for tonight's action your national tv doubleheader again the chicago bulls and philadelphia 76ers followed by the orlando magic and golden state warriors so those will be the games to tune into tonight i would say a tidy seven game slate not a whole lot there happening um or a tidy six game slate don't know why it couldn't count not a whole lot there happening but that'll be a fun one to tune into and you can make sure to check out Ramble ramble tomorrow to catch the updates on yesterday's action or tonight's action by the point you listen to this so Definitely make sure to rock with me on that. I appreciate every person for listening. Thank y'all again for that. Uh, follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos. Online, SportsEthos.com. Check out the fine folks at Switch Theory on Twitter at Switch Theory. Great draft team content. I love the work they do there. Great basketball minds. I love the collection of talent there. And then one more time, y'all, Magic Mind. Check it out, www.magicmind.com slash dailyNBA to get yourself that subscription with up to 50% off. Again, dailyNBA20 is the code there to get you some of that Magic Mind and increase your productivity there. Listen, y'all, I love y'all. I am Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty, and I will talk to y'all real, real soon. All right, y'all.